Think of the children. Like the guy says, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder. A pig fool. It's fun. If he dies, he dies. Oh, oh, somebody please think of the children. I just want to say one thing to my wife was home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the movie podcast where we talk about the movie franchises we love and why we do and their lasting impact on the culture at large. I'm Andy Wilson, your host. Uh, joining me this week, we have the entire crew, although... Uh, two of them are are running a little bit behind, uh, but we have returning guest Roy from Yours, Mine, and Theirs. Welcome back, Roy! Yay! Thank you. Yeah, more uh, rocky. And, yeah, more rocky. Any any fun updates from Yours, Mine, and Theirs land? Oh, uh, tomorrow I have to watch a four hour Indian movie, and then uh, then we're podcasting. My goodness, we're podcasting. Um, Ever After, Boondock Saints, and a four-hour Indian movie, which is the yeah. weirdest collection of three movies that I think we've put together. I'm, I'm, I also need to watch that movie. I'm excited for it because I, uh, I'm like, oh, that's something that's totally out of my wheelhouse. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I always like a good excuse to, to go and look at that stuff. Uh, but we've also got Kit. Welcome. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm I'm eating. What is it? Eating lightning and crapping thunder. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome. And we've also got Brooke here. Brooke, how are you doing? I'm great. I still yeah. like this movie. I still love it, and I think it's way better than Prop Four. So okay. Well, that's that's a hot take. Let's uh, let's talk about that. Why do you love this? Punches thrown. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm entertaining myself over here. I here's the thing about this movie: could it be better? Could there be a lot of improvements to it? Sure. I like I I don't think I'm going to disagree with anyone's criticisms of this movie. The things that I think are really great, and I can keep this short because it's not like a ton. Um, and then we can talk about everything that everyone hates about it, but. I feel like it is the proper progression for Rocky and his family. Like, Polly be damned. It gives us this really beautiful insight to human progression, right? In that um, Rocky's fear is kind of the same as Apollo's fear was. That that he wasn't ever going to be more than the place that he came from. Like Apollo literally went to his death trying to prove that he was better than losing by one second, that he was better than than the fears that he carried inside about himself that everyone else didn't necessarily share. And I think that in Rocky V, we see that same progression for him 
that we've seen all along. Like all the criticisms that we've had all along of like Rocky Four, he made the decision to go fight in Russia without consulting Adrian. Well, he's evolved beyond that in Rocky Five, and now he's listening to her and they're standing together as a unit, even in their swallow even in in the loss of everything that they have he has said i won't do that again and i'm standing by my wife and 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 even though he gets distracted by tommy gunn and this idea of redemption and listening to the false ego of who rocky is as opposed to the man that he's kind of been becoming right he he still pulls it out in the end and i think it's it's the right progression i think it's really beautiful i think that tommy comes in as this redemption piece where we get to see rocky struggle and say okay well you know am i am i really going to let it all go can i maybe fight through him can i step into to all these things and and when we see like towards the end of the movie, Adrian and Rocky again in the street having this conversation, like this this moment between Rocky and Adrian, which has happened in each of the movies thus far, it comes down to both of them facing each other in their fears, in their greatest moments of desperation, of of Rocky saying, you know, at one point do do you think I'm stupid? I didn't want this. Did you think that I want this? And and it's like all of his deepest fears coming right back up. And the same for Adrian. All of her darkest and deepest fears of being held down by Polly and Polly ruining her life and, and needing Rocky, really needing Rocky to show up for her and to show up for their son and her throwing her arms around him in desperation and him showing up for her in that moment and her showing up for him and the unit that they've become and the way that they solidify together again even though he's not the one taking the fight in in a solidified way like every step of evolution that we've watched him have thus far comes together in that moment and honors every movie before this and everything that they've come through. And I think it's just really beautiful. I've, I've always said that this is a movie about family and Rocky and his son and his wife. And I think that that comes to a really beautiful collaboration and, and, and culmination at the, the peak of this movie. And I think it's perfect. So there you go. Well, that settles it. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> so can I can I say uh, my favorite scene in the movie? I think you alluded to is when he's he's coming out of the gym and Tommy Gunn's trying to get his attention. But of course, the uh, I'm just I don't know his name. I'm going to call him Don King. He's supposed to be Don King. Duke. Okay, sure. Duke Duke ambushes him right. Duke. Problem and, number one with this movie, first of all. Anyway, go ahead. Oh my gosh, he plays the worst caricature. Worst. Right. So. Uh, and he's like, so you guys have seen Ernest Saves Christmas? Mm-hmm. Right? Unfortunately, yes. The best Christmas movie ever. So when he's like playing the guy that the, that the governor sends to do a story on the prison and he's just got that permanent fake grin and he's always laughing and that's who Duke is, except it's, 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 it's almost, I don't know, it's awful. But anyway, 
So he's having this conversation with Duke and Adrian comes running out of the um, the pet shop, right? And she stops it from going any further. And after Duke leaves and Rocky's really upset, like you mentioned, the, what I really love about the scene is he's like, what on earth are you doing back at the pet store? We don't, you don't need to work at the pet store. And she says, it's how I can be close to you because the pet shop is right across mm -hmm. the street from the gym, right? And I just so love cute. that she, I love she just that. does, she just doesn't even care. Like she doesn't, mm -hmm. her pride doesn't keep her from doing what she wants to do most, which is just be close to her husband. And, and I think that is really, really sweet. And I will say a, uh, Talia Shire, she's really good in this movie. Yeah. Like I love yeah. her. She, she's so solid in every movie. I will say until the final scene, it feels so out of character to me that she comes running to the street fight. And it seems like, uh, Adrian at this point would have thrown herself into the fight to stop it instead of standing on the sidelines and cheering. That just yeah, didn't feel... that part was a little off. Right, right. That scene that you're talking about, though, has my favorite line of the movie. Yeah. And it's when he, he says, Yo, Adrian, did we ever leave this place? Yeah. And she says, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I, mean, I think that sums up the whole movie, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Did we? So, so um, I and I was talking to Andy about this a little bit before, but I think like 20, 30 minutes into this movie, I think, and, and I was watching this and I thought am I going to think this is better than I've thought in the past? Because I always find myself saying, maybe it's not as bad as I think, and then I watch it. And twenty about 30 minutes into the movie, this movie has a really solid structure, and there's so much potential, and there's some really good bones. And, and we can talk about all the problems, but I will say one of the things that this movie did for me, um, we talked about how Rocky IV was a, a part of a sexual awakening for, for young Roy Fillmore. So in this movie, this movie confirmed to me, even though I liked wearing pink as a teenager and I loved shopping for shoes, um, when we see Rocky in the shower, that's when I realized that I was 100% heterosexual because if I was even a little bit bisexual, that scene would have done it, right? Like yeah, naked Rocky hell. in the shower, man. <laughs> attractive man, not turned on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, yep. You okay. Know. I'm straight. That, so. That's hot, but um, yeah, no, not for Honestly, the, the side boob in, in Rocky one was to me more alluring than him in the shower, <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about this movie is I think that it like, it really beautifully sums up parenting Yeah. at the end when Rocky goes out to his son and he says, I was trying to teach you, but you were teaching me. Because uh, I, I love, think that that's a really cool point. Like yeah. as parents, none of us have our shit together. Like yeah. completely, we're still learning. We're still figuring it out, and we're doing the best that we can. And we're constantly learn. Like there's this this element of evolutionary like truth of uh, of growing yeah. continually. And I I just liked that part of it. Okay, I'm done. I Sorry. love Rocky's humility. Like yeah. in all these movies, he's usually pretty good about coming around and, and recognizing when he's wrong and, and yeah. growing. Right. And I think in the scene we were talking about with Adrian at the pet shop uh, or in the street between the pet shop and the gym where he like apologizes and he he says, you know, he tells her that she's right. And I think it's sad because I think it, in that scene, he maybe accidentally calls her either Apollo or Mickey. Right. Because we're supposed to understand the brain damage. Right. Yeah. I think um, it's Mickey. But I mean, I, I just love how how Rocky's supposed to be this big macho man, but he's he's able to 
you know, apologize for when he's wrong and recognize when he's wrong. And, and I mm-hmm. see, I see you kid. I just want to say one more thing. Like, um, Adrian in this movie, her greatest fear has come true. Her husband has finally sustained a, a life threatening injury. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so scary. And that's why I think this movie has so much potential. Cause you get to the point where Rocky has lost all his money, which makes no sense. I have no idea why Polly has the legal right to touch a penny of their fortune. That makes no sense to me. But they've lost all their money. And in the past, when they lose all their money, Rocky can fight his way out of it, literally, right? And this mm-hmm. time, no option to do that because the the boxing commission won't even uh, license him for a fight. So that option's gone. So what does he do now, right? He can't fight. So anyway. So the thing about, like, if you've ever sustained a brain injury, you remember how it felt to be what you were. And so there's this extra level of frustration for like, oh my gosh, why can't I find this word? Oh my gosh, why am I so forgetful? Like it's, there's this self-recrimination process that I've, I've seen with several of my friends who've been in like severe car accidents and that I've been through where it's like, not even as severe as getting, you know, your face turned into a catcher's mitt, uh, like Rocky and, and just being like, am I stupid? And so all of these insecurities that go in to like what you thought you were and how you're struggling to define yourself when you thought you were smart and why am I stupid now? It's like, well, you did have a brain injury. It sucks. And now you're going to forget stuff or now you're going to get names wrong or now you're going to like search for your words. And so like I did like that. And I I, I do get kind of like, I guess this when Sylvester Stallone wrote it, John, my partner, loves to look on the Internet and like like do trivia while we're watching a movie. And he said one of the things was that Sylvester Stallone wanted to play him more injured. And the studio was like, no, no one wants to see him more injured. You still have to have him be like likable and like quote unquote normal. And I think like seeing Rocky struggle with like, do you think I'm stupid? Like that to me is I feel stupid. Like Rocky in the first couple of movies was busting out these jokes that were just so beautiful. And he didn't quite have that this time because he just wasn't as fast. And I think he knew that and it really bothers him. So to me, I really like that portrayal of brain injury because it's like, I really felt for him. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a lot what it's like. It's so frustrating. And I think that goes to Roy's point that, like, there's the bones of a really great movie in here. When, what do you think of, like, the – so, because Rocky movies like to recap the last fight of the previous movie. But in this one, I swear it's just, here's the brain damage in slow motion and black and white. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's definitely what it feels like. So, can I ask you guys a question? Um in this movie, Tommy Gunn, as managed by Rocky, Ooh. has 22 victories before he fights Union Kane. So mm-hmm. how long is this movie? Like, what's the setting here? Is this five years? Yeah, again, this movie is, like, bad with all of that. Because it, I think, potentially, it's supposed to take place over, 
yeah, a couple of years, but it like the kid stays the same age the entire time. Yeah, he he doesn't move on to the next grade really fast during the beginning of it. Yeah, or the end of or go to Russia, you hit puberty. And then when they come back, puberty is no longer working. And you just get an earring so you feel older. Yeah. Mm. So if, if you don't mind, I will, I, I'm happy to start talking about the things that, Go for it. that I have trouble with with this movie. Um, and so that, that was one of them, like the, that he can fight 22 fights in what looks like a six-month period of time. So I have a really hard time buying Tommy basically going to the dark side so fast. And I've, it just feels so artificial with all the newspaper reports calling him Rocky's robot and Rocky's clone. And and but I think they when you meet Tommy for the first time and he's sparring and he beats the crap out of that guy and Rocky says, hey, you know, it's too much. I think that's their way of saying uh, deep down he's a bad person and it's going to come out in the end. But Tommy doesn't have to be a bad person. Right. They don't need to give right. us that excuse. And it's just weird to me that he turns so fast from like this person who just is so grateful to Rocky and now it's, it's all backwards. And so I, I don't, I don't buy it. It doesn't feel, uh, I think the phrase that is often used in this podcast is earned. Uh, it, yep. do, it doesn't feel earned to me. Um, of, well, Tommy Gunn of every other person who goes up against any of the main fighters in this entire series feels the most one dimensional. Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. like compared to, you know, Clubber Lang compared to Drago compared to, yeah, like it, it just, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's nothing. And he's, he's there to move the plot along that like, Oh, Rocky's going to mentor someone. He's going to turn against him. They're going to have a a fight on the street inexplicably in the third act because we couldn't come up with a better ending. Um, you know, the it's it's just it yeah it's just weird, and he's a bad character. And yeah. um, that's funny yeah. because I'd never thought about that fight being so stupid until you said that right then. Like I just buy the bit so much. Oh really? I'm so into it. That like now that you said it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's really dumb. Oh man! So <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of I like that though. Can I I'd like that? the idea of the street fight. I don't know. Go ahead, Kit. I was gonna say like I feel like the idea of the street fight is that he's not making the willful decision to go into a fight with Tommy Gunn. He is like having an instantaneous reaction where he's protecting what's his. And so yeah. it's trying to show that he's still, you know, he's still himself. His values are the same. He's not like defying Adrian by going into this fight. I don't think he thinks he's gonna, it's gonna last, excuse me, as long as it does. And cause like every time he, he takes him down, the guy is sitting in the corner and like if it was boxing, he might have been knocked out. But he comes back after like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and then just starts kicking the crap out of him <laughs> in the back. He just punches him in the back or like, you know, in the in the head. And I'm like, that's cheating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Gunn. I mean, you're not yeah. supposed to like Tommy Gunn. 
And I feel like the thing with Tommy Gunn is they wrote him as having like really poor impulse control. Yeah. And so he just jumps into things and like the Duke character really plays on that like insecurity and like trying to get people to to jump into things you know when he talks about oh the parade's going by and you're missing it and uh you know so he's like the like hey well parade's going by if you don't jump in that they're gonna leave you behind and having seen like you know a big fabulous parade go by where you could jump in it's really fun but uh, (laughs) think with boxing probably less so so and it's weird to me because he has 22 fights and sure the first ones are like local club stuff but like his last 10 fights are major fights how is he not earning a lot of money just because he's not fighting for the title every time i mean and and he and he beat union kane he's got to have made a ton of money so i this argument that that he's that rocky's holding him back and he's not making any money there's just no way that's the case I mean, Tommy Gunn should have an enormous amount of money unless he's being really mismanaged by... Well, he's probably um, being mismanaged, but also, like, incredibly misled, right? Here's a $20,000 advance, so he's winning these fights, and they're taking the money back out of that and only letting him see a percentage of it. And so he's like, oh, well, I spent that 20, and where's the rest of it? Where is it coming from now as they're... skimming off the top and probably taking certain amounts out and i just like i don't know that he would have had the background to know i mean if we go if we go into his background of fighting his dad right (laughs) not having the education or the knowledge looking for anything he can to prove himself i don't over 22 fights i don't feel the turning of him to the dark side is actually that unreasonable well, if because it happens in a six-month period of time. Right, if it's over six months, sure. But but even then, like, here's all the flashy money. Here's everything. Here, we're only letting you see a certain amount of it. And and here's Rocky at home playing it safe, you know? So, and But I also wonder, I don't know how much managers get paid, but it seems like Rocky should be earning some money here too. Um, but so also, like... Um, or, now I lost my train of thought. Well, it's okay. It must not have been very important. Sorry. What is important, though, is we have a new fighter entering the arena. Uh, welcome to the Chicana Madonna, Melissa, <laughs> our returning champ. Yeah. Melissa, what do you, what are your general thoughts on on Rocky Five? We have kind of a a mixed bag between all of us. It sucks. Whoa. <laughs> it's um. It's propaganda, like the last one, but the last one was like American propaganda. This one's just Rocky propaganda. <laughs> so interestingly enough, again, he said that like his, he had been like out of the limelight for a few years and he's like, okay, that's the plot of this movie. Rocky, you know, falls out of favor and he's out of the limelight and how does he deal with it? But it doesn't. So I feel like this movie also tries to be every Rocky movie, right? Like, like it tries to take the best parts of all the Rocky movies and it just ends up not great. Um, uh, also, and this is going to be a really unpopular opinion. One of my biggest problems with this movie is his son, like his literal son, oh, uh, Sage. Sage Stallone, who just drives me crazy. He That's can't not act. an unpopular opinion. Is, is that an unpopular opinion? I don't know, but I nepotism is a bad part of this film. Would have been big bopper. <laughs> 
oh, I just I just cringe every time that he's on screen because he's just such a he's not a good actor. He's not. I yeah, like he really. Him. And not only that, the characterization. I mean, he went from like good happy kid to like punk in thirty seconds. You know, it just. I don't know. It was it was bad. It's really bad. It, it, he's one. He's probably the worst part of the whole thing, other than Tommy himself. So, and yeah. do I understand correctly that they kicked him out of his room so that Tommy could have a place to sleep? Yep. Yes. And then he had Did to go he, sleep with Uncle Polly. He has to go sleep with Uncle Polly. That also seems very bad. Who we know from Creed One, Uncle Polly's bed is supported by a giant stack of of cheap porn. <laughs> Yeah, now that part he had every right to be pissed about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's worth that's getting like a really punishment. terrible earring for. Oh man! So I like uh, the kid. Do you? I mean, it's I it's. It, uh, I, okay. I know that I have the unpopular opinion here. I do get that, but I, I don't know. I like it. Okay, so I'm just going to rattle a couple things off real quick. Uh, the mostly it. have to do with the end fight. Uh, the the priest showing up at the end of the fight. It's like Henry Winkler showing up at the end of an Adam Sandler movie. It just made no sense. The priest is just there. Hey, Rocky, I saw your fight. A good fight. And here I am for some reason. Right? And then also the the line where Duke says, touch me and I'll sue. And then Rocky lays him out and says, sue me for what? And what we don't see is two days later when Rocky gets sued to the ground for (laughs) everything that he's got left because he's being sued for assault and battery. I don't know. What's he talking about? Sue me for what? Yeah. That's like uh, those criminal charges too. That's not yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that part is garbage. Yeah. Uh, and here's another, uh, okay. I also, I get it. Each Rocky movie is like, reflects musically the time that it was made. I, I can't get into the soundtrack of this movie at all. It's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, it sounds like what it is. Uh, it's like a, Marky a white, Mark and the Funky Bunch, except it's a, less money. Yeah, a white guy trying to like put together a hip hop soundtrack. It, yeah, I was literally listening good. to it going, you know what? This kind of reminds me of Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Hippopotamus. Except, except, oh, except the, it, Flight of the Concords is good, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll take the Hippopotamus. Because his lyrics are bottomless. <laughs> uh, okay, Roy, one more thing you didn't, you didn't mention. Um, I mean, you talked about Duke, but... Yeah. Uh, yes, Duke, bad character. But I'm sorry, there is already a character in this series of movies named Duke, and you take his name, and now in the script they refer to him as Tony? He's Tony now? Which is the name of the actor. So, okay. But, like, you, okay, give this guy any name. Polly. Like, it, it, I just, it, it's. I get it. They're, they're, I think they are trying to play off of Don King. And so, oh, this guy isn't the king. He's the duke. Uh, but, but no, that, that just, it feels so incredibly disrespectful to someone who has been a mainstay of this series and been putting in the work. And it's, it is metatextually antithetical to the entire ethos of this series. That like you know that they're pushing the guy who's been faithfully doing the work this whole time, and that sucks. That's because this series, after watching these movies in a row, I'm convinced that this series just thinks their audience is stupid. (laughs) 
by this point, I think so. Yeah. Well, and so, and he gave an interview, and they he was asked why he made this movie, and his answer was greed. And it shows. Yeah. There's no heart in this movie at all. I mean, he was gonna kill off Rocky at the end, which to the, me is like, they were just paying me to make this, and I am done and don't want to make any more of these yeah. movies. So that would explain why the end credits is the Rocky in memoriam end credits. Right to the to the I think measure of a man by Elton John is the end credit song. Oh, <laughs> such a terrible song too. Oh, yeah, it's like oh. oh, especially when you like oh, this could have been better, Alan Menken and Elton John. Uh, so I, I think the the biggest problem I have with this movie is what we discussed is that like this movie had some really serious potential, and yes. then it just was executed so poorly. And and I I understand and I love the family stuff and especially uh, I love the Adrian and Rocky relationship how it it evolves again in this movie and uh, I love I love Adrian but that this movie oh and I oh. do love I do love that scene in the alleyway late at night where they are having that heart to heart conversation. However. I do not like that it's them yelling at each other in public in the middle of the night because I do. I love it. I that's the one that I was mostly talking about. I appreciate the one outside of the pet shop. And I think that, you know, that, that one line and that is very appropriate, but most of like when we see everything come up and her pleading with her whole soul for him to, come back and to save like she's not she's not asking him to do this for him this time she's not Mm -hmm. there to support him in doing it so that he comes out alive she's literally there saying please fight for us save us we need you now this fight isn't against creed this fight isn't against paul this fight is for us and we need you to show up right now and he does he puts it all aside. He swallows all of those insecurities. And even though he is feeling them, he goes to that space of, of Rocky that we've seen over and over and over where he shows up and puts his ego down and goes to his son and is like, yeah, I thought I was here to teach you, but I'm really learning from you. And I'm screwing this up, kid. And I don't mean to. And I want to start over. And he does that because of the way that like her desperation, I, I am not a yeller. I'm not really a fighter, but I have had those moments where it's like pleading with my whole soul, where the sounds coming out of my body are unknown to me. They're unfamiliar to me and they are desperate. And I felt that from her in the scene. And, and I saw his reaction to that of one of, Oh fuck. She's right. And I am going to be here for her and I am going to be here for him. And that's what matters right now. And I think it's just really beautiful. I, I get it. And I understand Len, the content of what they're saying is fine. The only problem that I have is that I think 99.5% of the time when you have two grown adults in their 40s yelling at each other in the middle of the night, in the middle of the street, very, very bad things are happening. 
it's, <laughs> so it's billy can't. it's par it's par I, for that <laughs> night i just can't separate it from that is this so, the discussion yeah. people when, look out when, the window and they're like oh they're both white it's fine <laughs> oh is this no the discussion race. where where adrian says all those beatings you took in the ring i took them with you is that this scene yeah yeah okay yeah all right again i i like i like that scene i love that scene even i just wish it weren't in the middle of the night in the middle of the street i also think at the very at the very end at the very end of the fight where we think rocky beat him i'm pretty sure the bus killed tommy (laughs) right and then also i think the cops showed up did they did tommy get arrested i don't understand what the cops are doing but i'm but the the bus definitely hit tommy so you know well good yeah, yeah, take that. <laughs> and then so because Sylvester Stallone insists on having like a follow-up story for all of his characters, apparently Tommy Gunn turned into a third-rate wrestler. I don't even know what what that's supposed to mean, but whatever. Sure. sure. I'm sure he's uh he's got an MMA podcast now. That's what <laughs> Tommy Gunn's doing. No, so. he died of AIDS. Did you not know that? I know the real Tommy Gunn died of AIDS, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he was like, I guess a couple of years after this movie, he was disqualified from boxing because of his AIDS. Yeah. And so I, I wonder, because I, I just haven't followed boxing, but obviously boxing is a sport where people are, you know, yeah. getting blood all over each other. Is that, I I wonder if that's still a prohibition in boxing today, or if that's something that has been work aroundabled. Um, but I do remember that. I remember because he was he was a heavyweight fighter. I, I mean, he was. I think he had kind of the name, and he was in the movie, and so he had that going for him. I don't know if he was a great fighter, but I do remember him uh, having AIDS, and and basically that was the end of his career. And then he died shortly after that. Yeah, that that seems. I mean, I just remember like contextually at the time, like the freak out over Magic Johnson saying that that he had AIDS yeah. and even years later, Greg Louganis uh, saying that he was, that he had AIDS when he had competed in the Olympics. Yeah. Like people uh, when even, even in less bloody sports like basketball and Olympic diving, people still freak out about that. So yeah. I doubt, I don't know. Um, it, it would seem like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I would not want to be in a fight with someone who, who has a bloodborne illness. Um, I will, I won't put the stigma on it of HIV. I will just say any bloodborne illness. Like sure. That's, so that's not as, a good of, idea. as of 2017, you couldn't um, be a, uh... Do you, would it be a registered boxer? I don't know what the word the word is. You couldn't nice. box professionally if you had HIV. Mm-hmm. Certified is that the word? I don't. I don't know. Sanctioned. Sanctioned. I, I don't know. Okay, Whatever. Sure. Yeah. I'm okay. I've said several words that are all wrong. So. Yeah. Uh, An official professional. There you go. Sure. <laughs> a real, honest to goodness boxer. Sure. That. <laughs> A real boy, the the not, the blue fairy comes. Not a robot or a clone. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, any other major things we want to complain about this movie? Well, I don't know about complain, but we should mention that 
Polly plays the best movie Santa ever. Oh my gosh. Was that the most awkward family scene in a movie you've seen in a while? As Polly's trying to get 15 year old Robert to sit on his lap and tell him what he wants for Christmas. So. In front of his friends. Yeah. yeah. Did it feel like anyone else's happy birthday Jesus party at home? No, just uh, me. Okay, never mind. I, I think Whoa. it was definitely like, hey, let's make this as awkward as possible and then put all the kids, uh, quote unquote, new friends, because those are the bullies that he yeah, was going to say the school year before. Um, and now they're his friends hanging out at his house and they're all, you know, being trashy at the corner store together because, you know, that's what you do in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just. I don't know. It was like, I felt for that kid, though, because I was like, oh, my gosh, if you invited your friends over and your parents had your drunk uncle dress up as Santa <laughs> and then try to give you a present that you knew was going to suck in front of your friends, it was just like, oh, God, that's that's humiliation street. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that, so Rocky's probably still thinking, I swear, six months ago, you were only seven years old. And that's yeah. why I had Polly be Santa because you know you were seven yeah. years old a few Just, months ago. I left. I left for Russia, and you were a little kid. And now, <laughs> you know. Do you think this is supposed to like signify the brain damage to us of him the, thinking that this would be okay and go over well? Maybe and I don't know. They just did it so poorly that it's like what it, it the... was done really poorly but i think like parents like cling to their kids being kids and then they don't yeah. want their kids to grow up and right it's really hard when the kids start pushing back and which is a really really important part of development to push back against your parents right Pushing. yeah yeah no so every time we have a, a teenager that uh that we've had so many that that argue with us or push back after remind myself that oh this is a good part of their development yeah they're learning. Yeah, they here, develop so. their identity and stuff. Yeah. Yep. By being Not turn into a tomato if they can help it. Yeah. Or a bum. Well, <laughs> again, I feel like that's the like ultimate missed opportunity here. That if if this had been a story uh, that focused more on that, um, I could I could get behind it more because the you know the film that Brooks describing is a film that I really love. And I would like to have seen that movie. Yeah. I just, I wish this was, this was more that movie because (laughs) I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot more of Polly being Santa and (laughs) uh, Duke being terrible uh, and pointless Tommy Gunn stuff than, uh, than, than that stuff. And that, that's what bothers me. I've been doing a lot of internal work lately on my empathy. Um, I don't mean to sound like an idiot, but there's this there's this interesting thing that I'm realizing about empathy and compassion as well as sentimentality is that when I see something sucking, I just make it really sentimental. <laughs> and then it makes up like it gives it what I need it to have. And I think that you guys are exactly right. The The bones are there. What I read into it is what I needed it to be for me. And so right. I really like it for that. Um, it doesn't deliver that way to, I guess, 99% of the rest of the world. But 
but it delivers that way for me. And I think that that's more of like a weird imbalance in me than in anything else. So. No, I mean, it's the same way that I love the second half of um, Living Daylights. This is just the same thing. I mean, we all have those movies where, you know, we want it to be more than it is. And it just, yeah. I think there's there's just something about headcanon that, like, fills a movie out and makes it more in your head, like, and... And it's like, oh yeah, this was so smart. And you're, and it's really unclear with headcanon if this is like us as fans reading in, or if this is something that the director meant for us to take away. And now with the internet, like everybody's chatting about their headcanon. And so it's just like, you know, then it becomes almost real. Like it was part of the movie. Um, But I, I'm with Brooke where it's like, you know, I, I felt like, there's when I when I took screenwriting, there's two stories you're telling in a movie. You have the action story and the like motivational or heart story. And I felt like this one had a much stronger heart story than it did an action story. And I think that's why people don't like it because they've both like the previous four films. He definitely tried to balance those and and get that resolution for both of them. But I feel like we, you know, it just, it didn't quite have that same level of, you know, without the headcanon, I don't feel you have the same level of action story or heart story now that I'm like really thinking about it. Cause you don't get as much resolution about his relationship with Adrian and his son. Like it's you interesting because they've for granted that they're going to be okay. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me because I've just always experienced it the other way. Like I've I didn't realize how much of it I was reading into it on my own self. Like even from the beginning of these recordings that we've been doing, I've always been like, Yeah, four sex and I love five and it wasn't until the very end that I realized that all of you liked four and hate five and I was like, Oh, what? Wait wait a minute because I just I don't hate I five. Have, I've just experienced it. I know you don't hate it. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, I've just experienced it different. Like I've, I've always had the same experience with it. And it seems like this perfect culmination of all of his progression, Rockies and the families and even for Polly. And it has always just felt like, why would, why wouldn't this just be the experience that everyone has? But I can, I can see very clearly from listening to you guys why you didn't. <laughs> I just have always had a different experience with it. I don't know. I think I'm more upset by the the by the potential that doesn't deliver. I I think because there's good elements and because there's a good there's a good setup, I think that's what upsets me the most. If this movie was just pure crap through, right? I don't think it would bother me nearly as much. But also, right. like, I mean, if if you take something from this movie that is really meaningful to you, then then that's that's great. That, that's wonderful, right? And and you have every right to enjoy it that way. And and a lot of that stuff, I agree with. There's there's good stuff in this movie, um, and, and that's all I can say. <laughs> and I I do think that the that Rocky Balboa 
fixes a lot of this and makes it okay that it it helps explain the the estrangement that exists in in the Rocky and Creed movies and so you get there is a better payoff because you can see this widening divide between the two of them and it it helps you understand when you get to Rocky Balboa why they're not really talking to each other um so i i get it so and I, I so Sylvester Stallone said that um he made Rocky Balboa because he loves the character Rocky so much and he just couldn't stand that everyone's final impression of Rocky was this film right and so he Rocky yeah. Balboa was made to kind of correct that and and Rocky Balboa is not the best movie of the group um but it, it it's pretty good and i love how it explores um like you said isolation as well as grief right like Rocky has to deal with grief in that film. And, and I, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. I'm excited for it too. And You're excited for grief. You weirdo. I love grief. There's <laughs> I was a lot about of, to say, where did Melissa go? <laughs> there's a lot of grief in the next three movies. Yeah. They're, they're all about uh, dealing with the loss of, of a loved one. Oh so. man, someone important dies in every subsequent film, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Or you're dealing with their death, the sh- yeah. the still shadow of their death. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Melissa, any any other ideas? It sucks. It's not- okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um with that, let's let's transition into uh studio notes and first the box office. This movie. Oh, I lost my place in the spreadsheet. Hang on. This movie came out on November 16th, 1990, right before Thanksgiving. So this was supposed to be a big, big movie. It made $40 million. <laughs> that's a that's a flop. Adjusted for inflation, that's only 88.8. Uh, and an additional 79 million around the world um this movie did not do well uh for a film known a film series known for uh having big box offices uh this did not i mean it obviously made back its uh its production budget i can't imagine this movie cost uh you know 120 million dollars to make in in 1990 uh, there's no way that would have happened. So they still made money on it, but uh, not received well. That being said, studio notes, how would you fix it? Well, so interestingly, this movie was directed by John Avildsen, who did the original Rocky, and those were the only two movies he did. Yep. But in at this, this point, yeah. at this point, he also had just finished doing Karate Kid 3, which was awful. Yep. So John Avildsen's just maybe he wasn't the right pick for the director at the time. I I don't know if another director could have pulled more out of this. And he's about to do the power of one. Okay, so I will I will say uh, studio notes. I, I'm I feel like I just uh, take over and I apologize. So um, don't make this movie would be my first studio note. That's mine. Okay. Yep, just skip it. Have a montage. You're all a bunch of bums. 
No, I. Uh, they 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 could have made this movie. And they could have made it good, but oh my, I don't know. I, it was un- unnecessary. This movie was made for the wrong reasons, and I it just I don't know. Uh, also, more rocky shower scenes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Yeah, I I I feel like um, if this movie, because I, I mentioned earlier, this movie had no heart. It felt like a cash grab. You're just, you know, trading on the Rocky name because it was built on, you know, winning Academy Awards and being propaganda and shit. So like, you know, they if they had bothered to put any heart into it, it 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 would have shown. I think in the final product, you know, um, it's funny. I would never equate these two movies together, but while I was watching this movie and I was just thinking how cynical, what a cynical cash grab it was. And you know, that, that what they put into it is what we saw and which was not much, you know, of substance. And it reminded me of this movie, the, well, the opposite of this movie. Has anybody seen the movie or read the book like water for chocolate? Long time ago. No, no, ma'am. Okay. So, it's a really great story. It's set in Mexico. So please go watch it or read it or both so that you can support Mexican art. But um, so in the book, this girl, um, you know, in traditional Mexican families, because it's set like, you know, a couple hundred years ago, like the the oldest has to marry first, the oldest daughter. And this is a family of like three daughters. And um, it's not likely that she's going to marry because she's like, just not what they considered marriage material back then. So this young girl falls in love with this man who ends up having to marry her sister just to be in the house with her because nobody else wants to marry this girl. And she cooks and cleans and does everything in the house. And when she cooks, if she's happy, like she just saw her man, all the food makes people horny that she eats, that she cooks. And then like when she's sad- Okay, like when she when she sat in a tear falls in the soup or something, they all start crying. Like you know what I mean. Um, so I feel like it's it reminded me of that in a way. Like what she put into it, literally, like her emotions came out in the food. Mm-hmm. In this, what they put into it, which was almost nothing, came out in the final product as well because it just was. It there's just nothing there for me. It 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 made me sad. So anyway. That's that's all I had to say. My studio note is is go into it without not just for the money, but for like the legacy. Men men are so obsessed with their legacy, and so it surprised me that they would put this out. And then it doesn't surprise me that they tried to make another movie, Rocky Balboa, to bookend the series because legacy, right? Exactly. It's like, oh wait, this is my legacy. I should do something about that. Yeah, yep. that's. Yeah. I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe from all of you. <laughs> but I, Sorry. So, <laughs> as so a, crazy. As a, you know, because I kind of liked it, like, I felt like this was the first movie where I had any empathy for Polly. Like, I feel like he made a mistake, but he didn't, like, wow. willfully F over the family. Whereas, like, I feel like it's the first time where he's not being willfully a butthead he was he was stupid and made a foolish mistake 
I still and can't wrap my head around how he ended up with the keys to the palace. Because he can sign Rocky's name is my guess. Is that he <laughs> like he because Rocky was in a hostile foreign country for So like, was Polly. Yeah. And so my, my yeah, guess is right. as long as it says Rocky Balboa, if you have like this crappy crooked accountant, like it just He's not gonna. He's not yeah. gonna worry about it. It seems like because they're like you can't contest this in court, and it seems like they could have said, um, "Polly has zero right to make any legal or financial decisions." So yes, we're contesting this, and please give us our money back. Yeah, I probably should have no right to touch was, that money. The money was gone, mm. and no one's mm. gonna tell the Balboas that they can contest it in court when the money is gone, because then they have to pay for it. There's, I mean, the problem is though, like, there's a, this is really similar to um, Madoff. Madoff. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, like one of the reasons Steven Spielberg started making movies again, because he lost all of his money to Madoff. Um, you know, he signed, you sign it over, like it's, it's just gone. It's like. Uh, regardless of whether or not like they have the right to like he he made some real estate transactions with that money they didn't pan out it's I mean gone. again it's you know it's the end of the movie you can you can sue him but sue him for what it's like there's just not a you know there's there's no real way like yeah he might not have had the right to do that they might have been able to explore that, but uh, there there was just nothing to recover, I'm assuming. I think so. that's one of my few studio notes for it is to to shore that up a little bit. Give better context, more believability behind that and and create it, something yeah. there that that we can follow without having to take too much of the movie doing so. Yeah, I think it's easy to make Polly a fall guy because he, you know, he's Polly, right? Mm -hmm. But right. I mean, they they could have just written that so that Rocky had all of his investments in something that just crashed, right? I think yeah. it. I like that it being condominiums that he never uses. <laughs> I think it's important that it's Polly. I think it, it. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I think it follows the progression that it needs to follow, and I think it's important that it's Polly. I think they just should have shored that up a little bit as to why he had the power and the ability to sign that over to someone without like when they brought then they gave Polly a position this is what he was in charge of and he was like the CFO of all the accounts and he signed it over since they were both leaving the country instead of signing it over to Adrian or whatever I think they could have very quickly and succinctly changed just a couple lines to sum that up and make it super believable and easy to follow which is another reason why this series is treating its audience like they're dumb. Like, they don't have to go through a big explanation. They don't have to make sense. They just, you know, explain it away with one little scene and then you're done. And, you know, you can get to the good stuff, the boxing, the Tommy or whatever. Uh, whatever. That is not good stuff. None of that is that, good. That whatever passes for good in this movie, none of it's good. But, you know. <laughs> Oh, he had such a different experience with this movie. <laughs> so, so different. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've said my piece about it. I don't know that I have a whole lot of other 
studio notes except um just give a little bit more believability to a couple of those elements but i think it's a great movie i don't think it's a cash grab i thought four was the prop and <laughs> so i i feel like this is a movie where it's like they they said they were going to back up the money truck but then they had no budget because i was like where you know where are the production values in this movie like they're fighting in the street instead of like a boxing ring and i'm like is this because they ran out of money they ran out of meat slabs they yeah they just had i felt like there was just no production value because i think like they realized maybe halfway in or whatever they're like oh we're not going to be able to pull as much out box office wise because it just doesn't have the same magic the other movies have um and so i feel like they kind of gave up on it in some of the like and you that you can kind of see that and feel that in some of the scenes so I think the reason why I like Rocky Four so much more is I think I, I recognize, and I think everyone more or less recognizes Rocky Four for what it is, right? It it's it's there's there's not a lot of depth to it. It's just a, it's just a fun movie, right? And so I can I don't have to worry about what I'm learning from Rocky Four. I can just turn my brain off and enjoy it. The problem with Rocky Five is it's not fun. Yeah, it's sad. And movies yeah. don't have to be fun. But if it, if you're if you're gonna have be a movie that's not fun, then you need to be good. You need to be good and not fun. I don't know. There are some Channing Tatum movies that would disagree with you. <laughs> but I mean, but most of the Rocky movies are fun, even mm-hmm. even when they're being character dramas. There is, you know, just some like basic popcorn populism in this. Mm, it's like popcorn. this is an enjoyable film to watch. Yeah. For, for most of these. The so. problem is, is that you did not have a, a moist Dolph Lundgren in this one. You had a you... naked Rocky. <laughs> nah. It what was more not do as... you people want? You are getting selfish. 40 I... minutes of naked Rocky. Yeah. That's but the, the, the bad guy should at least be pretty. Mr. T, you know, at least he has a breakfast. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. Everyone's hating on, on uh, Tommy, Tommy Gunn, right? Yeah, because he looks like Nico from Ghostbusters too. I know, but I love the fact that he's a mediocre white guy that we just get to hate that doesn't have any dimensionality to him. I love it. <laughs> shit up that guy all day long. That's fucking fine by me. I don't like like if all the characters did not develop. I'm totally fine with that. That's true. Yeah, he failed up. He did. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Like mediocre white men. Do. And yep. then he got killed by a bus. Like I love it. I think it's great. Let's watch him burn down all day long. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's been great. Yeah, I think I just, I wish there had been more like, I don't know, maybe like some rats that went beneath Duke's hair or I wanted, I wanted more of a comeuppance for Duke because I feel like his only like semi thing is actually yeah. worse for Rocky and Tommy, which is that. Duke probably couldn't make any money off of that news footage unless he had a contract going in for that fight, which, you know, I'm guessing he probably did. But in my head, you know, this is a a million dollar fight that no one is paying to see. And, you know, 
I just, I feel bad for Rocky because I'm just like, oh man, you're, you're possibly putting your brain on the line and it's not for money. It's for pride. And, you know, well done. Because, you know, you're trying to respect what you said you were going to do, but oh my word, I just feel bad that, you know, I, 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 socioeconomically, Rocky and Tommy Gunn both get effed. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that they had made Duke less hateable and more developed. Yeah. yeah. And that they had allowed him some more dimension in it so that they could have wrapped up the end of it in a better way than Rocky just hitting him and all of us supposing, like supposed to believe right. that he punched him up onto the hood of a car with the police right there and that there's no fallout from that. That's the part yeah, that I, no, I like, don't make him so hateable that we don't give a fuck what happens to him. Let's develop him better. Screw Tom again. I don't care. Like, he, they can leave him just as stupid and crappy as he is. But let's develop Duke better. Let's make him, like, if we've learned anything, let's make him less hateable and have more of a, of an, like, a, a hook to him. Like, he knows what he's doing. Obviously, they have this as being someone who is pulling the pieces in a certain way let's make that like melissa said they're treating us like we're stupid right let's make yeah. that more believable let's give him more depth and more context and then at the end let's have rocky have you know tommy can go out with the bus but let's have rocky beating him in a way that all of his cards are now gone and the money comes back to to rocky so i'm i'm they okay wrapped with it up that way I'm okay with Duke being a bad guy and being evil because I think part of the movie, the point yeah. is to explore the the really dark underbelly of boxing, how corrupt it is right. and how you can get sucked in and it just treats you like crap, right? I'm okay with that, but they just turn him into a cartoon. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um. So, I agree with the overall studio note of just don't make this movie, but if I were to take this seriously, if you're like, you have to rewrite this, here's like five or six things I would do. One, he's not Duke. Change his name. I already said that. Yes, make him more menacing and and show that he's doing illegal and unethical things outside of the boxing ring to um, either he's fixing fights or... Uh, or something like that. Um, he go. He tries to goad Rocky into this. He's retiring. Great. Um, you do put Rocky into some financial trouble, but it's not as maybe terrible as this is. Um, but it's where, like, okay, there is some pressure. There is some reason for him uh, to to want to return to the ring. Uh, there, he does take on. Tommy Gunn. Um, but then what happens is um, he starts to notice uh, as his son is drifting away and he leans into that relationship much more before it ever gets bad, then Gunn actually gets like has a legitimate reason to dislike Rocky. Like he doesn't. It's not like, oh, he thinks he's Rocky's robot. It's that he feels spurned. And then he goes off and has a bunch of other success. How great um, would it be 
if they had the time in the movie for Tommy to lose a match because Rocky backed off and, you know, stopped giving Tommy the attention he needed to grow, right? Yeah, exactly. And then Tommy's got a legitimate reason to dislike Rocky. Right. And, and, And it's because Rocky is refocusing on his family because that's what matters to him. You can have a street fight. It is three to four minutes long that then precipitates an actual an actual legally sanctioned fight that has to happen. Um, but the reason that he's doing is because, again, Rocky is fighting for his family. It's because his kid wants him to. It's part of their discussion and their growth together. And it's because it's what he wants. It's what Adrian wants. They decide this as a family, that this is something that Rocky can do. Um, and at the end, the comeuppance is that um, that the character formerly known as Duke uh, gets found out all of the illegal things he's been doing. Uh, he's revealed at the end. He goes to jail. And maybe Rocky loses his last fight. I'm just throwing that out there. That that's maybe not the point of this. That... Um, you know, it again. It shouldn't matter whether he wins or loses. It's that he's willing to come back and and finish what he started. But um, that's an yeah. interesting note that Rocky should lose his last official fight. Yeah, I feel like you uh, need well, to wash out your mouth, sir. Well, I, I, we're all gonna <laughs> go watch Rocky Balboa this week. Yeah. So anyway, uh, all and then all of these things, Rocky Balboa does better. So I just, I, yeah. Um, so why waste making Rocky five? Because if Rocky Balboa exists, so. Because yeah. there was 15 years between <laughs> making Rocky one and like, or, yeah. I, what is it? John said that basically there was less time between Rocky one and Rocky five than there was between Rocky five and Rocky Balboa. That's correct. So that means that Sylvester Stallone was stewing about this for a long time. He had a long time to come up with like the best way to end this franchise. Whereas Rocky Five, I think it was just like, "Hey, you're a machine. We're gonna, you know, we're just just make stuff, make stuff, make stuff." And I think like you see that in the the way that they treat Tommy and Rocky in in this movie that he just feels like he's a machine in this factory of of entertainment, like just forced to just pump stuff out because his contract says he has to. And well, and you know, Rocky four, the Rocky four era, Stallone still in his, you know, golden period. Um, He's still making a lot of really high profile and well-regarded stuff. Uh, Roy's favorite movie, Cobra coming right after (laughs) the greatest movie ever made. And, uh, you know, by 1990, Stallone's making like "Stop" or "My Mom Will Shoot" mm-hmm. with Estelle Getty. Oh, well, that's maybe a few years later, but like, there's a serious it, slide. Yeah, there's a big slide between '86 and '90 for Stallone. And I, I would say after Rocky Five, like I, I he he kind of becomes irrelevant, and I think maybe until. 1997 when he's in Copland and people were like, oh my goodness, Sylvester Stallone. He's actually kind of good again. Yeah, he's yeah. not a joke. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and then I think he's in this like post Stallone period now where he's like you know with the Creed movies and and with Tulsa King and and so on where Oh, I finished that. That was yeah. lovely. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So um people are he's taking himself seriously. People are taking him seriously. So yeah. Anyway, uh, any other studio notes? Nope. Okay. Um, best one-liners or quotes from this movie? Oh, there's such a good one at the beginning, and I can't believe that they said it, and they actually say it in front of their kid. It's right after they get back from Russia, and they come back to their house, which is not the same house from Rocky IV. Um, that's fine. Uh, anyway, he says... Ask. Yeah, he says to Adrian, maybe I should take you upstairs and violate you like a parking meter. And she responds, it will cost you a quarter. And their kid is two feet away. <laughs> that part is great. Hey, awesome. you know, a, a lot of kids, their parents end up divorced, like mine and the, many people here. Like, it's it's probably gross for the kid, but like... What I wouldn't have given to have two parents who loved each other like that still when I was a teenager, you know? Like, just just deal with it. Yeah. You should be lucky if your parents still want to, you know, be with each other at that age. Yeah. So I'm 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 kind of I'm an affectionate guy, and I feel like as long as my kids are regularly saying, "Mom and Dad, stop kissing," that we're probably doing things <laughs> right. So you two are adorable. Oh, and Val, I can't believe your grandparents. You're. <laughs> Your cute, affectionate grandparents. It's awesome. Young grandparents. Very young grandparents. Yeah. Way to go, Grandpa. Yay. Um, anyway. Um, any, who else has got a line? That was mine, the violate like a parking meter. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've said most of mine is uh, the redhead up front looks cheap. Well, that one was... But then the best part about that line is the way that she wraps that fur around her and looks back at him like, so is your mom. Um, that's why I like that line is she doesn't give two shakes of a rat's tail. I'm trying to clean up my language a little bit. I'm sorry, Roy. Um, and then outside of the pet shop, when Rocky is just standing there and he says, yo, Adrian, did we ever leave this place? And she says, I don't know. And then the last one is just when he tells his kid, I was trying to teach you, but you were teaching me. Those are my favorites. Aw. Any others? Okay. I'm I'm trying to figure out what, there were a couple lines from Polly, but I can't remember what they were. But basically where Polly took Tommy Gunn and uh, Duke down, like, you have no class. And I was like, well, if anybody knows, it's definitely Polly. Yep. Oh, he he says he wants to fight. I told him to get married. <laughs> Why? Jim humor, Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't it great that the little Robert uh, Stallone gets uh, or Robert uh, Balboa gets trained by Polly? Polly's his boxing trainer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The most well, exercise I mean, Polly's gotten the whole series. I mean, good enough to beat up those bullies. So, yeah, you know, I'll take it. Uh, any others? 
that's well, I love the stuff with Mickey. I love the oh. and and I always thought that was like like old footage that they redid, but but he was still alive. So I yep. guess they filmed new Burgess Meredith stuff, and I and I love that. And and so you don't notice the really the Rocky necklace that he starts wearing uh, in Rocky Three until they point it out in this movie. At least I didn't. I did. Um, but I, I love the the Mickey speech to Rocky about how much he loves him. So yeah, Aww. I didn't realize what it was. I just thought it was his new tackiness. Oh, and interest, interestingly, right? So he says that uh, it's a cufflink from Rocky Marciano, and Rocky says, "What happened to the other one?" He said, "I don't know. He gave it to some bum." But I'm pretty darn sure in either Rocky Two or Rocky Three, you catch a glimpse of um, Apollo Creed wearing <laughs> the other cufflink. Hmm. I hope that's true. That'd be great. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Just solidifies that best... romance. <laughs> Is there a best side character in this movie? Uh... Santa Claus? His son. <laughs> you bum. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Brooke. I can't. I just. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's great. No, I think. Yeah. Robert, little little Robbie Balboa, little Bobby, and the girl. You can't tell, but I'm not like those other guys. Yeah. Like <laughs> Actually, I really loved when she's like, "You're not gonna hit him, are you?" Like, yeah, I like her. What kind yeah. of gutsy friend slash girlfriend, you know, is willing to basically like stick by their friend and be like? You're not going to hit them, right? Like, you get that that's wrong. Like, what What 13-year-old has that kind of balls? So Stand up to Rocky? Yeah, to, you know, to kind of test the water of someone who, you know, kicks ass for their living. And it's like, you don't know what it's like at home. So that was, that was pretty impressive to me. It's a good yeah. girlfriend. That's girlfriend yep. material right there. Yep. She's not one of those trashy people who don't have self-esteem that just hangs out on the corner. Like a whore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like Marie. Like Marie. Who yeah. we're gonna we catch might up meet with. again. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait to catch up with Marie and what she's doing. Oh, boy. Uh, um, I'm going to say the priest is my favorite side character. <laughs> hey, he's, he's not so bad. <laughs> hey, can I? Can I ask you guys... Have how many of you have not seen Rocky Balboa? I haven't seen it like forever, so I don't remember anything about it. Okay, I'm fairly certain I've seen it. Okay, is that the one where he owns a restaurant? Yes. Yep. Okay, I I know I've seen it, but I don't remember anything except the restaurant. <laughs> like, okay, I really don't. Okay, I watched it immediately after Rocky Five because I had to wash the taste out of. <laughs> out of my mouth i'm like i can't i can't live with this for an entire week i'm sorry breathe it's okay it just it tasted like you know what this movie is have you guys ever been to the the movie theater and they have that cheese popcorn and caramel popcorn and when you eat the cheese popcorn by itself it tastes stale when you eat the caramel popcorn by itself, it's like, oh, this is way too sweet. When you eat it together, it's like, this is delicious, and this is beautiful in my mouth. I feel like Brooke can just taste the cheese and the caramel, and we're we're missing some of that 
Jeez, oh, I thought goodness. you were trying to say that this was the burnt kernels at the bottom of the. No, really? Chicago popcorn. Y'all are the y'all are the cheese. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna drip some sweet caramel on that. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know where. I, it's like in my head, it sounded really exciting, and then it came out, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That was just like two minutes of the podcast that you can't. That well, I guess. <laughs> That song. And he's like, okay. Not applicable. Oh, uh, well, there's That's What I Said by MC Hammer. <laughs> I don't even remember what that song sounds like, but it was there. So. Sure. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the soundtrack of it's this movie. It's definitely not Measure of a Man by Elton John. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, can we just say "Take You Back" again because they play it in every movie? I I want yeah I want "Take You Back" back in this movie. Yeah, yep. I'll do it. Works for me. Okay, Brooke. First, is this a good movie? Yes. Yes. It could be better. Okay. But it. I think it's still. I think it's good. Tomatoes. Yeah, Melissa. We know you. You're a no. <laughs> and I made myself clear. Uh, Kit. Uh, Chicago popcorn of movies. So. Is that a yes or no? Is that good or? I like it, but I, I acknowledge that other people don't. Uh, okay. Fair. <laughs> fair take. I say no, but I get what they were going for, and there's the heart of a great movie in here. It just didn't, it just didn't quite make it. Yeah. And Roy, I've been playing the long con. I love this movie. This is my favorite Rocky movie. That's not true. This is this is not okay. <laughs> I, I would like you, to you who famously because... have said this movie doesn't exist. I would, yes. I, I would like to just say that this movie is still better than that Korean crap JB had us watching. Oh. <laughs> no. You are, you are just wrong about that. I'm sorry. I'm excited for you guys to work your way through the Alien versus Predator franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seen those. Yeah, it seems like those movies are right up your guys' alleys, except for not at all. Um, <laughs> so bad. They're really okay. terrible. I, I, I think it's more enjoyable than the Vengeance movies, but the Vengeance movies have a lot to them. Yeah. Okay. Do they, though? Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the Vengeance <laughs> movies. I'm not gonna. I I don't need to defend. Pop I'm just Channel being contrary, but it's fun. Okay. All right. Um. Is the main character Rocky Balboa a good person in this movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think in some ways he's like the one of the best versions of Rocky that he's yes. ever been. I agree oh, with that. The most evolved. Yeah. He's the mm. most he's the most virtuous. He's the angel on everyone's shoulder. Yeah. I feel like I said that. <laughs> yeah. No, you did. You're absolutely right. Yep. Brooke, you're right. Okay. And should we show this to children? No. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's such a complicated question. <laughs> I don't Dad, think what it does would... violate like a parking meter mean? <laughs> Why does his French teacher have such huge titties? Oh my goodness! Oh, we were we totally like, forgot about those parts. Well, the size of her head, each one. <laughs> Jeez, boy, wow, French class. <laughs> Your mom don't understand French too good. Oh, um, okay. At least he's got his son not... back. <laughs> okay, so I wouldn't show this to children because this franchise means so much to me that I would want my kids to still, you know, like this franchise, and so. <laughs> I would be afraid that if I showed them this movie, they're like, Dad, Rocky sucks. And I'd be going, no, 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 remember the other movies? And then, but it, I don't know. like It's too late. And it'd be like, it's too late. Uh, there, there's another movie, but it's not available on streaming. So let's let's just watch Rocky Balboa. So it's yeah. good. I think it's yeah. a better film than Moonraker. Oh. And would I, I show this to my kids, kids before I showed them Moonraker? Mm. Probably. I don't know. I yeah. I I think this is on par with Moonraker. I agree with you. I I think is this a better movie than Moonraker? I'd have to think about it. I think it. it is. Okay, Melissa, rate the John Avildsen movies that we've had on this podcast. Which do you like better, The Power of One or Rocky Five? Rocky Five. Okay. Woohoo! That's great. Because at least there's no heavy-handed. Social. At least Morgan Freeman's not eating shit off someone's shoe. Yep, the true. Yep, yep. True enough. So there we go. It's a good bar to have always. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Get get ready Uh, when we finish. And I agreed on something. (laughs) When we finish with the creeds, I want to do the like everybody's like top three bottom three of all of season two i'll send a list to everyone and i'm i'm really interested in what everyone ends up with for their their three favorites mm-hmm. and their three least favorites that means i have to actually go back and watch the vengeance movies no you don't have to you don't it, only of the movies that you watched oh, okay so, yeah are you including birthday movies in this yeah of course okay so um yeah so you can you can get your digs in at Demolition Man if you want to. Yes. Yep. <laughs> It'll break okay, Melissa, JD's heart. Is Rocky Five better or worse than Demolition Man? Ooh. Worse. <gasps> Demolition Man's so bad. I'm gonna have to watch Demolition Man now. I, 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 agree I think it's with worse that. than Demolition Man because I, I think again Demolition Man knows what it knows what it is. Yeah. I think. Yep. It's oh my god. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Somebody give us some oxygen, please. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna have to. Okay. Uh. Get get Brooke the CPR treatment that they gave to. Uh, I'd uh, like to live, please. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Starting chest compressions. I'm sorry. You poor thing. Uh, uh, calm down, Brooke. It's I'm okay. Fine. Don't. Talk Rocky Five. Yes, Rocky Five and is you're, fine. You're about to tell her she's acting hysterical. Is that... No, 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 okay. no, not at all. Your uterus is all. not wandering. It's fine. I'm, I'm telling. I'm just saying. We're all here to support you. We love you, Brooke. We love you. I've married is men that are worse you. than this movie. Ooh. <laughs> the, the, I mean, <laughs> demonstrably true. But like, <laughs> so sorry, Brooke. But yeah, right, the, the, I've grown the, a lot. 
That's why you all go right. to therapy, though, right? <laughs> yes. So, all right. Um, that's it. Next week we are doing, uh, as mentioned, Rocky Balboa, the sixth film uh, and and final eponymous Rocky film. Uh, and we'll see. We'll catch up with what Rocky's doing fifteen years later. So. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, any any other final thoughts, final words? Can I shamelessly plug? Oh, of course. Okay, so because you guys love boxing so much, uh, over at yours, mine, and theirs, we're about to do wrestling movies. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. So uh, you know, wrestling's like boxing, <laughs> except not. I don't know. Whatever. That, that was that was the worst plug I've ever done. So did did uh, there's a poll up. It's yeah, it's still up for a couple um, days. It's are you going to narrow it down to like a top five and have a runoff or no? Just as have long people as go in and as long as there's not a tie, which there isn't right now. So I mean, I hope you like Lorenzo Lamas, and if you don't, maybe you should go vote. <laughs> that was I, a much better plug. Okay, <laughs> I am I am on board with that movie just because it has uh, Edward Herman, uh, uh, Papa Gilmore. From the Gilmore Girls in it, so, and now I'm just horribly, horribly curious about it. I I will say because I'm gonna get to pick a movie, and I've got like five, and I have no idea because I've never seen Peanut Butter Falcon, but I watched the trailer, and it looks really good. Um, I'm dying to see uh, Fighting with My Family. Um, I'm dying to see Body Slam because it's got Rowdy Roddy Piper in it. Um, and uh, Fighting with My Family is so good. Is it? Tempted, oh, to, tempted to see the wrestler, but I think it might make me puke. Um, so I don't know. I really have no idea what I'm going to pick. Wait, Unlike Rocky a... Five, fighting with my family does it right, and you just like at the end, it's just so beautiful. It's just so wonderful, lovely. <laughs> oh. So everybody, go and vote in the poll. Is is Nacho Libre tied with? Oh yeah. With... So and not and Nacho Libre is one that uh, John's never seen Nacho Libre, but I, also I'm I'm kind of feel like with Nacho Libre, John will watch it and hate it, and then I'll feel like is Nacho Libre like Rocky Five, and I've been wrong this whole time. No, <laughs> no, Nacho Libre is is a you know niche classic where that I just want John is, right. Yeah, I, I want John to get a little taste of the glory and see what it tastes like. But if you if you have takedown, well, either takedown or Nacho Libre, you have films with a Provo connection. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a. Uh, so whatever ends up cool. being picked, I'm the third pick. I'll try and balance it out. So we'll see. I, I have I, to we'll, go vote. I don't like Nacho Libre. So I'm going to go vote. Well, it's well, not winning. Go vote. Go vote for Fighting with My Family. I think that that's a great. I voted for a bunch of these, um, yeah. but I included. I voted for both of those that are, yeah. that are in the lead right now and Fighting with My Family. Because I think, yeah. Wow, that was a much longer plug than I thought. Thank you. No, uh, kiss your it, franchise goodbye. Yeah, you guys are the best. Everybody, go go vote in your poll, and so you either watch a terrible movie or a great movie, whatever <laughs> you want to do. As as long as Foxcatcher does not win, I I will <laughs> not. I am still angry at that movie. As 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 much as I love Channing Tatum, I draw the line at effing Foxcatcher. As much as I love Mark Ruffalo, no, bad. I like no. I haven't watched enough Channing Tatum because you guys talk about him a lot, but I do love Logan Lucky. Yeah, see, he's good in that. Yeah, 
He's good yeah. in that. He, he's good in he's good when used in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Yep. <laughs> yep. Get get ready for Magic Mike the Last Ride coming up in theaters. <laughs> okay. Um that's it. Uh everybody have a wonderful week. Um don't sign a durable power of attorney over to your stupid brother-in-law. Um that's a terrible don't marry, go to therapy. Yes. <laughs> and go to therapy. All right. Uh, big consensual kiss, everybody. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.